The Everyman Podcast. Daryl Campbell. Yo, what up, brother Jay? Big dog. Dude. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Yeah. I'm doing good. I know you are. I'm about to drop that news on him today, man. Yep, yep. We're here. We're pumped up. It's another Wednesday. It's a beautiful day that we are blessed with here on this beautiful blue ball known as Earth. Oh, yeah. And today, we have a returning guest. We do. He's an everyman. He's a legend. Living legend. Mm -hmm. Um, He is none other than Mr. James Labrie. Labrie. Vocalist and frontman, songwriter, just, just general and Cosmic Canoe Brother. Cosmic Canoe Brother from Dream Theater. I mean, the man. The absolute man. man. uh, Hung out with us here for for an excellent conversation. And let me tell you something. If you, you know, we said, you know, uh, it's the summer of the, we had the summer of the everyman. 2020 started as the year of the everyman. Obviously, we told you it was going to be the year of the everyman. And then it turned into the summer of the everyman. And, you know, if this is the first time that you're here in the Everyman podcast because you're here to check out this interview with James Blair. Welcome. Yes. Welcome. Yes. We welcome you. Yes. We and, and, and you're probably, maybe you're not from the United States. Maybe you're from India. Yeah. Perhaps. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Cosmic Canoe. And, yeah. and, and if you're here for the first time and you're enjoying what you hear here and you've enjoyed what you've heard at the end of the right. show, subscribe to us. Yes. Follow us on Apple Music. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to the show on YouTube. If you liked listening to this episode and you think, I'd love to see what these guys look like and and see how nice their smiles are. Oh, yeah. YouTube. The Everyman Podcast. Oh, I got a a nice one right now. It's full right now. I'm letting it go. I'm just letting Mm. it go. Mm. You know, if if you've never watched the Everyman Podcast, check it out on YouTube. It's a good time. We've got interviews with... All the guys from Between the Barry to Me. Pretty much, well, we got, at this point, a third of Dream Theater. We've mm-hmm. had John Petrucci on multiple times. We just had him on. Mike Mangini's been on the show a handful of times. Yep. He's, he's, our, he's one of our best uh, returning champions, Mike Mangini. Um, you know, Periphery, Mark Holcomb, yep. Matt yep. Halpern, yep. Blake Richardson, Dusty Waring, yep. Andy McKee, yep. Yep. Cass Rodriguez, Kenny Arnoff. Yep. And if that's yep. not if that's not doing it for you, we got we got interviews with some of the the best to ever lace up a pair a, a pair of cleats, Tank Johnsons of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, come yeah. on, come on, what, 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 what are you doing? doing You're it. here. Welcome to the Cosmic Canoe. Grab a paddle. There's plenty of room. Everybody's oh, welcome. Yeah. And uh, today we're, we're having a great conversation again with uh, the one and only super talented James Labrie. And yes. and you know. It was one of those ones you know it's going to be fun, but dude, I, I'm I'm all jazzed up. I'm hot under the collar right now, dude. Man, like the energy, right? And then like it's just such a natural conversation with him, and he's such an awesome dude, man. Total, he's a great you know dude. What I mean? Great just dude. Such a great dude. And, and and of course, you know the, the the reason that we we got brought together here today with James is, you know, distant memories is available everywhere. November twenty seventh. Uh, Three CD, two disc Blu-ray. There's a mm-hmm. there's a DVD version. There's a digital only version. You can you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on iTunes. I've already ordered it. You know it's incredible. I've seen a, a few a little bit of it and heard a little bit of it. It's fantastic. And yeah. if if you love Dream Theater and you're passionate about music, or if you've never even heard of Dream Theater before, if somehow mm-hmm. you're in the Cosmic Canoe 
you've been with us for a while, but you've never heard of Dream Theater. Absolutely. This is a great time to start. So, you know, yeah. the Doc Vox, we talk about that. That's going to be in the show notes below. Mm-hmm. A link to, to pre-order Distant Memories is in the show notes below. Yeah. A link to the YouTube is in the show notes below. Head over there. Subscribe. Follow. Leave us a review. Tell us you love us. Tell us what your name is and when your birthday mm-hmm. is. And guess what? We're all in this together. And with that, my brother. Yeah, dude. I think we hit it to Mr. Hit James it. Labrie. Hit it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today on a excellent episode of the Everyman Podcast. I can already tell it's going to be great. Um, returning guest, he's a friend of the show. You might know him from a two-time Grammy-nominated uh, progressive metal icon, Dream Theater. He is the frontman vocalist extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, James Labrie. James, how are you, man? Yeah. Love it. Hey, Justin and Daryl, how are you guys doing? Dude. Doing good. Great. Thanks. Doing great. Great to be here once again. You know, I had a I had a blast last time we met. And uh, although you guys have been doing shows, man, so I know you guys. Oh yeah, know, absolutely. Personal level, so it's it's cool to do this as well. Yep, yeah. yep. You know, Daryl and I were talking before this. You know, you were on uh, episode number forty. You know, in the Everyman Archive. So if you're listening to the Everyman Podcast for the first time, uh, you know, you might want to check that out. We kind of get into the details about. Uh, Really into the nitty gritty on some of the Dream Theater stuff and James's history there, so that's definitely worth a, right. worth a shot. But today we're here to talk about a couple of things that are very exciting to to me personally, but I know to everybody out there in the Dream Theater universe. So the distant hang on, memories. Hang on, Justin. Yes, sir. I, I just wanted to say before we get going here. Yes. I don't want to talk about music and I don't want to talk about politics. Oh, Is there else we can oh talk about? yeah, we're good. <laughs> I know, right? We're yeah, that, that that'll eliminate half of my uh, half of my plans here. <laughs> Yep, yep. Well, it's nice seeing you. Nah, everybody, everybody in the Cosmic Canoe knows uh, the Everyman Podcast. We don't, uh, we don't get into that. There's plenty of places people can get those hot takes, and uh, we just like to talk about life and music and stuff. So, absolutely, fully agree, my brother. So, on that, Distant Memories is the first live record. Live, it's weird calling a live DVD, you know, because people don't even know what that is. But it's a live concert experience mm-hmm. uh it's coming out november 27th everywhere music is available um we watched pale blue dot it's mm-hmm. looks amazing i love your joker shirt oh yeah, uh-huh. it's, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing was great that was a great tour yeah. um i mean how exciting is this for you to get to get a chance to put this out right now uh extremely exciting because we were able to come back you know I, I mean aside from doing the first set which was primarily focused on distance over time with uh you know a couple other songs in there being nightmare to remember and in the presence of enemies um we also it was uh paying homage to scenes from my memory and um so it was it was very cool for each guy in the band to revisit that album and be able to perform it once again but in today's make it a little bit more contemporary what was very exciting for us, um, no matter where we were playing in the world, uh, is that the demographics, uh, once again, we saw people there from the age of 15 to 65 years old. And it just kind of proved to us that, you know, it's kind of like when you go see Rush, you know, or, or, or whatever the, the band might be that, that's been around for 25, 30 years, and you kind of look around the audience and you go, oh, my God, you know? This still resonates, and it's still affecting 
people that weren't even born when this album came out. And it's still influencing many musicians and so on and so forth. That's that's a whole other ballgame. But but it was just interesting for us to walk out on stage and then see how enamored the fans were when we were playing this from beginning to end, not to mention to bring the show more into the way that we wanted the production. Well, the way that we hoped the production would be with live scenes from New York, uh, we just didn't have the budget back then. I mean, we had, you know, we, we, we made it work, but uh, this tour uh, with Distant Memories, we were able to put into it what we thought it should have to really tell the story accurately and thoroughly and, you know, and make it interesting and visually from beginning to end. Well, you know, like you said about making it kind of contemporary, you know, live scenes from New York is one of my favorite concert discs you know and and that's what i still have it upstairs in my in my game room on the shelf and Uh, and it's like i i've i've watched that so many times and the and the the binding on it's worn out for me lending it to people you know or or throwing it in a book bag or something right exactly (laughs) strapped together with with glue and thumbtacks but uh you know that was so like impactful for me as a young musician and i realized that when i like you're saying, when you now I'm not, you know, I'm not a 15 year old Dream Theater fan anymore. But there's plenty of other 15 year old Dream Theater fans that, for them, seeing that piece of music live for the first time, mm-hmm. is right. as impactful to a whole new generation of musician. Where, you know, there's not a lot of bands that are that have that effect on like multiple generations. And I think you know, a band like Between the Barry to me is is an example of one that's go that is following in those footsteps where they're just they're having such a long career that's pushing what they do yeah. forward. You know what I yeah. mean? Um yeah. where you're gonna have people that for they're seeing it for the first time, even though it's like one of your most well known, well regarded records. Uh, absolutely. And for and sure. and I felt like that because, you know, for <laughs> me, I never I you know, that was in, you know, 2000, I guess, 2001. Yeah. Right. So, right, right. so, you know, I was, you know, I was only like 10 or whatever, but no, I was older than that anyway, but <laughs> I didn't get to see live scenes yeah. until the, I think that's how old I was. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 You're that'll, that'll put you at about 32 right now. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there it is. There it is. But, no. um, no, for sure. For me, I got to see it live and it was like, wow, I feel like I finally, I can check that off the list, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, James, so what does it yeah. feel like for, for, what does it feel like to have your music and just resonate with a whole new generation of fans? Like just to kind of see it cross generations like that. Like how, what does it feel like for you? Well, I mean, uh, first of all, it's probably one of the most gratifying, fulfilling, you know, uh, emotions that you can actually look out there. It, it's it's a nod to that you did something right, you know. And and I think the other part of that too, Daryl, is like, you know, I know I'm I'm jumping away from what scenes and how it was affecting and how we we see that there's a whole new generation coming behind that music. But even for a band like ours, when we put out Distance Over Time, it's our 14th album, and to see how that hit because, you know, it came in number one in, in Germany and, uh, and in the top five pretty much around most of the globe. And just to see how the people on the boards and when we were at the shows saying, you need to play more songs from the new album. And we're kind of like, we're already playing five songs. You know, (laughs) we don't want to go out and play the whole album because 
there will be some people that are going to get upset about that. But the fact that it resonated so uh, powerfully with our fans today, that was, that was the ultimate for us. Because we were like, you know, usually you go see a band that's been around as long as we have. You're looking for, hey, come on, bring out the gems, you know, bring out right. this album from that album right. from this album. And it goes on like that. But for us, it was kind of like, no, no, we want it. We, no, we're good with that, man. You're going to play this from the new album, this. So that was also extremely uh, exciting for us to go on to the first set and then to see that and to feel that. And then to go on to do scenes from a memory. And then it was just a whole other freaking ball game, you know. Yeah. People singing along. Oh, yeah. And every night, I kid you guys not, there's two songs every night through her eyes. And spirit carries on. Oh man, guilty, guilty. I can't Stop. believe how yeah. many people <laughs> yeah. I saw. Dude, that's me oh, every time. Over. It's over. Dude, and, I... and you know what? I, I got to be honest with you. So there would be moments that I'd, I'd be singing through her eyes, and that's really, really, uh, just kind of brings everything together. You know? Oh yeah. The tragedy of the story and how sad it is, and and the realization and the revelation and all that stuff. And I'd be singing that song nice and I'd like choke it up. How many times have I sung that song? Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's, and yeah. it's choking me up while I'm singing it, you know? Yeah. And then I would look out and I'd see these people freaking bawling and I'm like, don't do that. I'm thinking yeah. in my head, don't do that. Oh, yeah. Cause I'm going to be there right with you. And then it's going to sound not right, you know, <laughs> but uh, it, it was just, it, it's really amazing. And then spirit carries on everybody. Oh. Cause we were talking about the spirit carries on and, and you were talking about how looking out into the crowd, you're seeing, seeing the, the reaction and the, and the crying and the emotion. And I am absolutely guilty of that. And as a matter of fact, not to get myself emotional now. So I'm wearing it, this. I haven't worn this shirt, James, in many moons because it's like going to, deteriorate at any day it is my octavarium score yeah. shirt okay yeah, yeah. score yeah. i was there yeah. nice. so you know nice. at the time i was starting to go through my my health issues with my heart and it was very uncertain what my future was going to look like and i'm there at radio city with my dad and you guys played that song there and it was oh, like yeah. and it was just it was like it it imprinted on my emotions at a very early age because of what right. I was going through at the time. And, yeah. and then now it's like, you know, like I tried to explain to my fiance, like, Oh yeah, there's this one song. It just, it's like my, it's like my, cause as men, we kind of just, a lot of us just push shit down, you know? Yeah, yeah, and then we, it's yeah. like once a year I go to a dream theater yeah, concert. Yeah. Sure. We got, we got issues. Yeah. So, you know, once a year I go to a dream yeah. theater concert and then there's this, you know, maybe a 30% chance you guys play that. And then I get a good cry, you know? So it's like, a, it's, <laughs> and I, you know, me and my buddy, exactly, exactly. So me and shout out to shout out to the great Momo, me and Momo will be, be there arm in arm, you know, sobbing. And she's just uh, looking at me like, what's wrong with you? You know, but, um, it. It's I a powerful, it. it's a powerful song. So yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see, see it. And again, you know, distant memories available everywhere. November 27th, Blu-ray, DVD, CD, digital iTunes. Yeah. It's going to be on everything. And uh, just, just to stop all, all the, uh, the badgering on the, uh, on the net when it comes out, everything's live. Okay. So if everybody starts like they, they have with every live thing, I put, oh, he probably overdubbed that, he overdubbed that. No, no overdubbing. Everything you hear is freaking from that night. Nice. So 
so it's it's just the real deal. And so I'm not even gonna freaking answer any of that shit because it's all crap. It's I love it. Crap. One answer, every man's stamp of approval. Job, it's done. I just said it. And I'm done. Boom. That's it. There it is. That's Poof. It. There it is. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I I I see that a lot. You know, and I think. I think a lot of people just, you know, they don't have uh, as much awareness about what goes into, you know, so they just think it's impossible. But Um, anyway, you know what, the way I look at it is, I don't know how many bands I've seen in my life, live. And if I was to be an asshole, (laughs) I could start talking about every band that I've seen live. Sure. And what I thought of the singing Mm. that night. But I know exactly what it's like to walk on stage when you're not feeling great. Yeah. And you know that you're tired, basically, physically, and which affects the instrument immediately. Or if you're not feeling good, period. You know, you're just under the weather. So I know what these guys are going through, or girls, uh, vocalists, and I know what they're going through. And I'm like, you know what? Hats off to you. You freaking did it. You still did it. As far as I'm concerned, you still did it. You know, so. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's. You got to live it to understand it and to appreciate it. You have to. And every other vocalist I've ever talked to in my life has all said the same thing. It's like, you got to be a singer. And I'm not talking about a weekend warrior. I'm not talking about going out and doing Friday night and Saturday night and thinking that you're Iron Man. And then I'm talking about doing three, four nights in a row, one night off, three, four nights in a row, one night off. And then you do that for a year and a half and you tell me how you feel. Yeah. Go ahead. Hell yeah. But anyway, hey, there I, we go. I That's love it. it. I love it. Let so it that brings me to another hot topic. You know, yeah. obviously in these, uh, they you make know, great shirts. Hot topic. They do have some good they shirts. Do. I've gotten a lot of shirts. I'm a big, I'm a big, yes. you know, yeah. I've gotten quite a few t-shirts from Hot Topic over the years. Uh, I'm sure that's free shirts now, guys. Oh, oh yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, yeah. that's that's probably that's the best thing about having your own merch is uh, you've already got t-shirts, you know? <laughs> right. They don't sell. You got a couple yeah. extra t-shirts on by. Yeah. So yeah. another Hot Topic, my man, is, uh, you know, obviously uh, in these, and because we're on YouTube, we have to refer to it in code, you know, these uncircumcised times that we all find ourselves in, things have changed for the touring industry, things have changed for musicians, and, um, you know, people are maybe off now, and they would have been touring, or maybe mm-hmm. like you guys, you're off and you were going to be off. And uh, we recently had John Petrucci on the podcast. Um, right. And, you know, he was kind of talking about your experience with that. So, you know, what uh, what are you individually, what have you been working on? And then tell us, you know, what Dream Theater is working on. Uh, individually. So myself, uh, I finished writing a solo album with a guy by the name of Paul Logue. He's from Scotland. And he used to be uh, in a band called Eden's Curse. And back in 2010, they released an album, and I sang on a song called No Holy Man. I uh, kind of guessed with their lead vocalists at the time. Michael Eden, I think the guy's name was it. Anyways, so Paul and I stayed in touch with one another because what I loved about Eden's Curse is it reminded me of classic rock. You know, like the bands growing up, like, more of a Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin mm. approach. And um, that's, that's what I loved, you know, growing up. I also loved, 
you know, Yes and Pink Floyd and Rush. Love Yes. Forget about yeah. it. Rush, I was spinning all the time. But but I, I just, there was something about, and he was the main writer. So um, he came out, unbeknownst to me, he came out to the last show that we did on the European tour, February 23rd. After we shot the DVD in London, we did one more show in uh, Glasgow. And he was there, and I guess he was reaching out to me, saying, hey, you know, James, I'm coming to the show tonight. Let's hook up. But he was emailing my old email. Oh, So check this out. So the next day I'm at the Glasgow airport getting ready to fly home, you know, via London, and he freaking walks right by me. He's like, James. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I nice. find out he was at the show the night, last night, you know, the previous night. He's like, oh, my God, I was there. You know, I couldn't get backstage. I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't know. Anyways, so we get to talk, and we had a coffee together. And I said, uh, you know, well, we're going back out in April. Because at the same, at that time, we still thought we might be going on. Nobody knew. At the end of February, people were pretty sure that everything was going to come down. And I said to him, I said, I'm not sure. We're, we're scheduled to go to Asia in April and continue touring. Asia, all through South Pacific Rim and Australia. And I said, but me, we're going to take a few months off after that. And then we're going to go out and do a North American tour. And then we're done in October. Why don't we get together and write? And he said, yeah, man, for sure. Well, everything crashed the middle of March. So he emailed me and he goes, hey, man, so uh, what are you doing? I said, I, I know what we should be doing. Let's write an album. And so that's what we did. So I started throwing all, all these ideas. He was throwing me his ideas. We put together nine songs. And it's all acoustically driven. So, it, it you know, a lot of people are like, hey, I'm excited about your new uh, solo album. And I'm, I'm sure everyone's thinking what I do with Matt Guillory all the time. Right, guys? But yeah. this, this has nothing to do with that. That's a completely other different band, so to speak. So this is with Paul. We, we wrote all the songs. I, I told him from the beginning, I want it to be first and foremost, we, you know, what I'm feeding him uh, musically or melodically, it's all got to stem from the acoustic guitar and then vice versa, what he was doing with me. And, and I said, and then if we want to build, which we have, now we have keyboards coming in. We have, he plays bass and guitar. And I had to call my, my other favorite guitar player in the world. Well, John's my favorite. And then my other favorite guitar player is Marco Sfoli. So Marco's going to be playing on this as well. That's awesome. And already I can tell you guys, the solos this guy's doing acoustically are going to blow your mind. Nice. Like, this guy's just so freaking talented, you know. But anyways, we're really excited about the songs. And uh, and then I've got Chance playing drums. Ah, oh, that's oh. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I was so, hoping you would yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah. So so him and I were sitting down, we're in the studio, and we're like, he's coming up with all these parts. And so we're just in the process of recording everything right now. And that's it. So when it's done, I'll let everybody know, and then that's going to come out. So as much as I'm saying it's acoustically driven, as we keep going on, we just go, well, let's add this. <laughs> let's add this. Right, right, right. You know? But I mean, the, the fundamental equation it started with acoustic and i think that still will be to a certain extent the predominant element right now on dt land we're like just before coming on here with you guys tonight um we're writing we're writing another album so i didn't want to go down to the states even though i love the states 
because it's brought me everything that I have today. You know, I'm not saying that and trying to be funny. I'm being sincere when I say that, Absolutely. you know, I've made my career because I met these guys from America and because I'm in an American band, I'm in an American band, uh, that, you know, I've had an incredible career because of it. But uh, I said to the guys, I go, guys, I don't want to come down there. I don't want to fly. I don't want to do anything like that. I want to stay isolated. Because I'm reading horror stories about people losing their voice box when they get this. Yeah. And oh, their yeah. lungs are compromised. And, and I'm like, I, I can't do that. I can't play it safe. So, Exactly. So I'm coming in every day when we're writing by Zoom. So they have this great big monitor, uh, <laughs> you know, TV on the wall with my big foch on it. And, <laughs> and then those four guys are in the studio. So those four guys are together at the Dream Theater headquarters. It's our own studio, warehouse, whatever. And so that's how we communicate every day. So just before I came on here, that's where I was. And then they were breaking for dinner anyways. And I, they knew they, by the way, they all say hi. Ah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, hey guys. Hey you. guys. Hi. They love you guys. They love you guys. They love oh, your show. Man. We love you guys. What a, yeah. what a trip this so, is. So anyways, that, that's what we're doing. So we're in the process of writing uh, a new album right now. And it's, I don't know. I'm always going to say that because that's usually the way we always feel, but it's, it's coming together. Amazing. So that's we're pretty sick. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. Uh, that's that's so good to hear and you know a a couple notes there you know on you were talking about distance over time people wanting more of that you know and i think i think when you guys have varied what you what you put out like you have over the recent years you created a kind of a demand for um i don't want to say like a a return to form but almost like more focused on what your core thing was to that point and then make it sound as good as it possibly can. And like all of my audio engineer buddies and musician buddies, when that album came out, we were all talking about it. Like, dude, holy shit. These drums sound amazing. Like what the, like this record is, is sounds huge. Like, right, right. And, and you know, that has kind of put Mm -hmm. a seed in, I think a lot of people's heads for what's, to come and uh mm. you know viper king if i don't hear viper king at, at the next dream theater show i'm ah. i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna be very upset because that is like one of my favorite like i just love it i just love a good i love yeah. a good viper king so you know just put that tuck that away when the you know yeah, yeah. COVID's over you know viper king we'll, but uh we'll do it we'll do it and if we don't do it i'll give you an acoustic version that's even that better be even better even better. Money. That's awesome, man. So Dream you know, Theaters. You know Justin, you're, you're, you're totally right. So, you know, when we went in to do that album, we were we were thinking, you know, it, it's real easy for Dream Theater to go off and create something that's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, because that's exciting. And that's what this band has been known for, is that, you know, it's it, it can go anywhere they want and people love it because that's what you expect from a band. But when we went in with distance over time, we were like, let's just be more focused. Let's just think about songs. uh, When we start making much more cohesive in the sense that we get in, we create it and we get out and let's just make the statement for each one, very bold, something that's memorable, something that everyone can uh, just, you know, the tap on their feet to, or singing the melody or, or, or whatever. And I think, um, we, first of all, I mean, we, we were excited to go that road because, you know, it was something that we hadn't done for quite some time. 
And uh, definitely coming off an album like The Astonishing, it just kind of was doing a 180. Right. Let's go this way now, which was exciting. And I think because of that and, and the reaction to that album, not only the reaction to those songs live, really said a lot to us, you know? It, it was um, very enlightening, uh, eye-opener for us. And, um, and I think it still kind of sits with us. So I, I think I'd be lying if I didn't say that, you know, going into this album and going into the writing, that that still speaks to us. It doesn't mean that it's going to be, well, we've never repeated ourselves. You know, at least I don't think we have. No. And I think the beauty with, with Dream Theater is that we have that, you know, there's no parameters and, and we have free will to go wherever we want. And I think our fans around the world expect the unpredictable. And but so we've we've had that creative freedom. There's no borders, right? Oh, yeah. And we can do that. And I think even taking what distance over time has said to us as a band, we can take what that has meant to us as a band going in and writing, and then maybe just you know take all the best parts from that and let it be maybe just always kind of within within the room you know, when we go about, but we already have like so many ideas of where we're going, you know, where we want to go, what kind of an album we want this to be. And we're already kind of monitoring that, you know, as we go along. But it, it, all I can say is that even from the songs we've already written, it, it's, it's awesome. We're, we're really, we're, we're nailing what we set out to now, you know, musically. So it's great. That's great. I can't wait to hear it, man. That's awesome. And you know, it's like you said, you don't, you don't repeat yourself, but you try to, Mm -hmm. I guess, sharpen the, the, the the reasons why people come back, you know, and and make sure those things are still, still there and, you know, something new and challenging, especially because a lot of your audience is, is, you know, super dedicated, super passionate musicians themselves, you know, and, and they're like, they're like this waiting for a, oh, oh, you know, like, oh, he, he, he dropped a stick. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was, I've been yeah. one of those people, so I, I can, yeah. Up on stage. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, you guys, you, you're, you're, I mean, you're larger that you're, you're like larger than life in some ways in, in what the music and the, the works you guys have created, you know, and, uh, to a lot of people, it's hard to, you know, grasp that, I think. Yeah. I think, you know, when, uh, I don't know, I I think like anything, you know, what makes the great bands who and what they are, it's that collective, Mm -hmm. uh, it's the chemistry, you know, it's, it's because those four guys got together, you know, and, and I'll point to Led Zeppelin every time. Like if you go back and you start listening to those albums and those songs, and you think about each guy individually, it's mind-boggling Yeah, what those guys produced, you know? Or even, like, let's go from them to the who, you know? Like, and you just think about what those guys did. Or let's go into Deep Purple, you know? Oh, or Yes is a great yes. example. Oh, yeah. You know? it's just, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just the right mix. And, yeah. and, and these guys were all phenomenal and at what they were doing. And uh, I think that that, in fact, we were just talking today about, not not necessarily that exactly, but we were saying, you know, 
Like if you think about it, like this song here, and it it it's saying this musically, but because it's us that kind of put this together, it, it feels the way that it does. Yeah. But we it, it could have been performed by, you know, let's just say like a like a Spock's beard or whatever, you know, or even a, a Symphony X. But right. it wouldn't sound exactly the same. Yeah. It's because of the people that are executing those notes and those rhythm and that that you know just that vibe and that energy. That's why it sounds the way it does. You know, Jay, it's, Jay, it's, it's crazy. I think. Yeah. I think as a fan, and might I say just new fan, going back and just binging all of your your work and talking about distance over time, and you, we talk about Zeppelin, we talk about The Who, we talk about Deep Purple, all of those bands, all of those groups that were, you know, they had that perfect mix, like you say, just like mm-hmm. you guys. Right. To me, the difference is the stuff that makes my spine tingle when I listen to your music, DT's music, you guys yeah. hit the legacy button and now you're living it. So everything that you guys are doing, it's moving from that awesome, awesome mix of people and it's transcendent through the music. And so like, that's why brother Zay, when you say people are looking like this, I want to see what you guys are going to drop from your fingertips because I know it's going to be awesome, but (laughs) it's it's because it's because you guys are living your legacy right now. And I mean, let's be honest. That's, it's, a, it's, it's an awesome time. That's why it crosses generations. That's why, like, you know, 10 years from now, kids, they're going to be new Dream Theater fans. They're going to be right. new, you know, um, um, you know, it's wow. just going to be new heights that you guys are going to extend to. So well, I'll tell you what I'm taking from what you just said. From now on, you're doing all my interviews, Daryl. <laughs> I'm I couldn't have said it. I could have said it, but I mean, thank you very much, like for everything you say. And you know, like I think sometimes, from everything you just said there, there there's I got to tell you, there's some days where I'm just like you know going for a walk or whatever, and then I, I start, and you, you just have this like this, uh, what's the word? I'm I'm at a loss for words, but it it hits you what you do and what you've done. It's the enormity of it. It's the enormity right. of it. Right, it it, it, it kind of like, uh, and I think anyone that that has, uh, you know, whether whatever it is in the entertainment field, whether you're an actor that's been in it for thirty or forty years, or a musician, uh, I just saw like Bruce Springsteen there the other day uh, talking, and that, and I was thinking, you know, is it ever ever been? It's got to be the same for him. Like he's walking around sometimes, he's like, holy shit, <laughs> look at what I've done, and look at what I've been able to do like to see my dreams come true but then be able to do it at this level and to sustain it this long and like he said on this interview i'm doing it album by album day by day and i'm doing this until i'm done you know and yeah i think you know from what you're saying is that we're we're at a point in our lives that we can uh, you know we all get along fabulously and i think that that's a big 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 thing you know we went through our growing pains and, and I think that we can just really sit back and reflect on what we've achieved, on what we're about to achieve, and where we want to go and what we want to continue doing, which is what we love doing. And, and I think, you know, to be actually here to kind of be able to absorb that and to be able to uh, appreciate that and to, to hear your words there, I mean, it's just a, 
uh, you got to like kind of pinch yourself a little bit, you know, every so often and say that, because I know several incredible musicians from the time that I was down in Toronto being like 18 years old going, I got to, you know, I want to get an album deal. I want people <laughs> to hear me and stuff like yeah. that. And I still know these guys and they were incredible musicians, but they're looking at me and going, yeah, dude, you did it. You fucking did it. Yeah, dude. You know? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know what you mean because there's so much incredible talent out there. Yeah. But I think it's, it's just that every so often we see this, collection of people that come together and it's just the right freaking ingredients you to said make it happen. you said it you said yeah. come together and that's why we yeah. all love it it's because you guys came together and what did your music do your music brought everybody with you and that's that's yeah, that's yeah. where we are oh, we're yeah. all like we yeah. feel like hey we're a part of this thing we're immersed in it we're surrounded by it and we yeah. want to stay here for as long as we possibly yeah. can so that's absolutely you said it. absolutely you, Hey, you know, it, it's funny because I, I remember one night I, I was on stage and we always do the after show. You guys have been in the after shows. Now. And, um, and one of the fans came up and he says, you know, you said something tonight. And, it, it, you know, like in normal circumstances, everybody goes, yeah, man, that's what we're doing. And he says, but you were up there and you you were talking to, to us about, like, look at what we got here tonight. You know, look at how beautiful this is. Yeah. And I said, we're here to celebrate the music. We're yes. all here because we love music. And we've all come from it from the time that we were little kids to where we are now. And this is what's really continuously brought us together. But he said, when you said celebrate music, that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. And he said, you know, it, it's not until you, you hear something as simple, a simple phrase like that. And you go, holy shit. You know, I'm not just here to like vibe out and get all excited about seeing a band that I love. It's we are. We're here celebrating the music, yeah. you know. It's, it's just things like that. When, when somebody takes something that you said that you're not really thinking anything about, and then they take it to another level. Yeah. And then you're able to go, yeah, you're right. You're right. I see now why that affected you as it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Hell yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like you're saying, James and, and Daryl as well, um, when you're, when you're at those, those shows, especially this last tour, you know, I got a chance to see it twice. Daryl was there the one time and there was, uh, it's like it, it happened to you. It wasn't like you were go- mm-hmm. like, it was like, a, it, it's, when you saw that performance, it happened to you. You wouldn't see it, you know? And mm-hmm. on paper, you know, when you think about like what a concert is, it's like, okay, so five guys are going to play instruments at the same time. Okay. You know, yeah. and then when yeah. it's executed, there's a certain yeah. energy and magic. You know, mm-hmm. there's no other way to describe it. Of the communication, yeah. I th- I've talked about this at length with so many guests on the show, with Mike, you know, and 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 John. You know, that communication between y- yourselves and as as a group, and then that energy that goes out to the audience, and then the audience is giving the energy back, and. um it's yeah. it's it's a real thing and not right. every band or or group has that for as long a period and like i've been lucky enough to you know the first time i saw you guys ironically enough you were opening for yes and yes was like it was like my first musical love is my dad's like favorite band right. and you know so oh, wow. uh, as a young drummer like you know that was just it was great for That's me the first time you saw us yeah, was was oh, wow. opening on that like I think it was like a 2003 tour. It was at it was in Atlantic City. Yeah. 2004 and that, yeah, yeah. Atlantic right. City at the Borgata. Yeah. 
And I, oh, wow. that's how I found out about you guys. And then I saw, yes, a couple times on the tour, saw you guys obviously a few times. You, you were doing that Machine Messiah medley, which I loved. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, right. uh, but anyway, you know, I, I've, I've seen that energy from your fans yeah. from then to Radio City to I've been two different times. I've seen Dream Theater open for huge bands and then your fans right. leave when the band comes on. <laughs> yes and Iron Maiden and you would think Iron Ma- the Iron Maiden one wouldn't really happen but there was a lot of people that were like alright I, 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 I'm out you know uh, and yeah, so like yeah. there's like there, there's yeah. like a dedicated uh, heart you, know, you, you just brought up Iron Maiden you, you know and, and you're right like yeah, I, I, we see it we see it like you're talking about okay it's an accident see you later I can't hear for this bit Yep. But you know what, what's great? Like we've done so many shows with Iron Maiden, and before Images and Words came out, we actually played about five. We did five shows. We just went out. We were playing like just just to kind of like okay, let's just see how this feels. You know, we know we're going to start doing a tour. So this was June of '92, and we just said let's go out and do like six shows, and then in September we're going to start the official Images and Words tour. And uh, I believe September 27th at the Limelight in New York. Mm. That's where we were. That was our first official show of Images and Words. And I don't know why I'm remembering that, but whatever. Okay, maybe I need, it's, it's the wine. It's, it's the wine, wine. yeah. <laughs> but in June of 92, we backed up our maiden at the Ritz in New York. Wow. And... I remember uh, Bruce Dickinson came out on stage after we had performed and he made a point of it. He said, man, let's hear it for fucking dream theater. These guys kick ass. And I remember we were just like all the sides. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The album hadn't even come out yet. Yeah. You know, the album got released on July 8th. Wow. I think it was... So we were like, holy shit, right on. Awesome. Yeah. And when he came up and he goes, I love you guys. You know, I listened to the first album, When Dream Day Unite, and all this stuff. It, it, it was crazy. Um, the, the other reason that we did that was because their management was thinking about managing us at the time. And then that kind of fizzled out. And then we went and we started getting managed by people that managed us. And we're kind of like, you know, that that's a whole other story. But anyways, um, yeah, so it, it was it was kind of crazy because I remember going out in front of Iron Maiden at the time. We were like, holy shit, you know. Yeah. We're not like just yeah. going to go out there and play some heavy metal madness freaking music. We're going out there and playing like Take the Time, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And Metropolis and Learning to Live. Are you freaking kidding me? I, I, like we were thinking the Iron Maiden fans would be like, what the fuck is yeah. this? You know? Yeah. But you know what? Uh, we got out there, and they were they were going nuts. We're like, wow. You know? Something's happening here. Yeah. Something's going on, you know? It's the movie. But, but I know what you mean, though, because, like, hey, the Yes tour, when we were out on Yes, so our our management would get in touch and go, yeah, man, you're going on the boards. Like, it's crazy. People are loving you, like all these Yes fans. And we're going... What do you mean? Like, are you saying that they're just discovering us? 
And they're like, yeah, like there's like a lot of Yes fans are going, who the hell is this band Dream Theater? Yep. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pick up some of their albums and stuff like that. And we're going, and why wouldn't they already know who the hell we are? Like, isn't that bizarre? I you had know? no idea but, who you guys we, were we until that it. tour. What's that? I said, I had no see, idea. See, I had no idea. And and I was a young yeah, I was one of those people. And look, and look at me now. And you know? Yeah, I got I got the you know, I look at me now, everybody. So it's you know, you go you go see a show and uh was your father in the same boat? Oh yeah. And we went and we went to a a a wall, a wall record store, ladies and gentlemen. And uh he you know, we got train of thought and uh you know um uh, scenes from New York, or I'm sorry, scenes from memory. And, and that was, that was it. And then uh, from there, I just became, cause I was a drummer, obviously I became yeah. obsessed and like in a lot of ways, you know, dream theater specifically, uh, is well, it probably the drumming and dream theater probably affected you the same way that Phil Rudd had right. affected you from ACDC? Well, no, definitely not. I mean, because, you know, because, <laughs> you know, because I was, I, you know, yeah, I know, I know. I'm all turned up by, because I'm a, I'm a, that being said, hey, hey, don't, don't people misinterpret me. No, not at all. Not at all. Groove, groove is king, but, uh, no. Give me a break. Right. Absolutely. One of the greatest freaking singers, Bon Scott. Did it for, to do it at the, on the top for years too, no doubt. But, but my, my point is that, you know, you, you have, you never know where these new fans are going to come from. And, um, a lot of them, yeah. and, and they're like a lot of them are on the internet and I've interacted with quite a few of them on the internet that are very passionate, you know, um, when these podcasts come out and you can't yeah. make everybody happy. And I've gotten a small percentage of that experience and I can only imagine <laughs> what it's like for you guys, but largely, you know, it's, yeah. it's over, yeah, yeah, yeah. is overwhelmingly <laughs> positive. Nightmare. no that that, that's cool man that that's really cool and that that's why it's great when you uh when when we're going out and we're doing like festivals and stuff like that and then i'll even be hearing bands that i would never have gone out and actually checked out but i can hear them in the background like wait a minute i gotta go out you know i'll see who that is and and uh i think i think it's very interesting how many people go to a concert to see the band that they're already fans of and then they walk away and hey whole new experience you know a whole new love for another band you know i think that that's the beauty well we haven't been doing that for quite some time right guys because we've been playing the an evening with right with this but there was a time there where you guys were bringing out a lot of young you know a lot of young bands scale the summit between the berry to me you know um exactly Exactly. So yeah. Zappa, Zappa yeah, yeah. plays Zappa, you know, like oh uh, yeah, that was yeah. a great tour. Oh yeah. 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 I'll tell yeah. you, I'm a nerd. I, I, um, I, I remember um, this stuff. So how many shows, let me ask you guys something. I'm interviewing you guys. How many shows, okay, despite this, this situation that we're in sure. right now. Okay, so let's remove that. How many shows do you think you guys see a year? Uh, me, a- I used to go to a lot more than I did. The past couple of years probably – I don't know, maybe ten shows a year, um, oh, but okay. but before you, Justin yeah. has Justin has broken me into everything that is metal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Daryl's like first concert was he, Dream Theater. He, he basically burst burst my cherry with with Dream Theater. Yeah, wasn't so. that your first concert? Was Dream that was, Theater? That was my first step, my first ever. So it was like an overwhelming experience. So, so what the, what tour was that? What, which one did you see, Daryl? <laughs> this the twentieth. 
scenes, scenes from from memory. Oh, yeah. yeah so we he, oh, okay. he April okay. April of uh, I guess 2019. 2019. Distance over time, Just, you know, yeah. scenes from a memory uh, tour yeah, in April. Yeah. That was that was his first show. Yeah. At the Tower. Love the Tower, by the way. I met you guys. Didn't I meet? Didn't I meet you guys in catering? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, Downstairs, yeah, underneath, right, right, right in the basement. Yep. Yep. Yes, you okay. did. Yes, you did. Yep. Oh, that, I, I didn't realize that was your first show. That was my. That was my wow. first. My first uh, ex- experience. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. What a way to what a way to start it out. Yeah. It's never it's never too late. That's right. It's it was it was the equivalent of like just being you know not on drugs and then somebody just like throwing cocaine directly into your nose and it was it's awesome. <laughs> like just allegedly. Like, you know, <laughs> there it is. Oh, Poof, oh, yeah. There it is. Oh yeah. Um, the power of music. Oh and and like I said before, the thing that kind of freaks me out is like there's there's this lapse of time where people aren't getting that magic and that energy, you know, and, and you don't realize how important that is to you. But like I'm dying for a concert, Ugh. you know, oh, and uh, or a live event, you know, and um, oh, they're, like people aren't getting that inspiration that they would normally. But maybe they're maybe they're going to get it in a different way. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not only that, like the music industry. I mean, you know, Daryl, you can attest to this. What about what about the sports industry? Oh yeah, yeah. it's like, it's it's. I, I don't know about you board. guys, right? I don't know about you guys. But when I watch a hockey game, and I see the NHL, uh, you know, icon that go going across or or whatever it is, the insignia, mm-hmm. and you don't, the people aren't there. Yeah, there's no spirit. I know. Yeah. It's like, why am I watching this? Watching like the, like the basketball games or, or baseball? Yeah. Are you freaking kidding me? Well, you know what I think that is? No. I think it's subconsciously you think it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like subconsciously you think if there's no one there, it must not matter. So why am I watching this? Yeah. You know, at least for me. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's the same. I don't know if you guys have read about it where, where artists that have done those streams, right? Yeah. They do the live stream. Yeah. There's no audience there, right? Well, then you see them in an interview later on, and they're like, so, oh, what kind of an experience was that? And they're like, um, no. <laughs> wasn't Because, it, it, you know, you might as well, it's a glorified uh, rehearsal. Right. I mean, you know that you're playing in front of the audience that have bought the tickets to see the live stream. So you want to put on a show, of course, right. you know. But at the same time, like, you got to remember that those musicians, they're standing on a stage being filmed, and the freaking venue's empty. Oh my God. Like that's that's like us doing, you know, a week of rehearsals before we start on a tour. Like there's nobody there. It's just like all the production, blah, blah, blah. you know, that's what's going on. It, it's crazy. It's crazy the the situation we're in. And it's not only you guys that are saying so. It's friends of ours and you know, any anytime I'm doing an interview, they're going, Oh my god, I'm going crazy. I gotta, you know, when's this gonna come back online? And as far as we're being told, like maybe not until next September. Yeah. Before touring starts again. We feel you know, the same unless way. Unless we can get this, this vaccination going on, right? So yeah, got it. When's that going to happen? What do we? Right. Although Trump, Trump said next week we should have it. So guys, I don't yeah, know. It's probably on its way. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. I'm going to get it done next week. <laughs> yeah. I'll have it done in no time. Under <laughs> under budget. Ahead of schedule. Hey, you mark on the calendar next Wednesday. I'm getting inoculated. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I know, man. I know. It's it's tough, and yeah. you know, yeah. it's like 
everybody's uh, kind of pent up and we'll get through it though. We, will. You know, we, we are, we are getting you know, through it. I think if anything, there's going to be a lot of, uh, amazing music that comes out of this. Oh, hell yeah. I, 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 the only thing I hope that doesn't, and I know it's going to happen. I, I hope that, can you imagine how many lyrics are going to be based on this? Oh God. Situation? Oh man. It's going to be ridiculous. I, I guarantee you on that, the solo album that I was just telling you about all the lyrics that, that I wrote, it's got nothing to do with that. It's just got, if anything, they're fun lyrics, you know? And uh, that's what we need, man. Hell yeah. yeah. Need yeah. a little. And that's that's what the yeah. Everman podcast is all about. And that's why we have the Cosmic Canoe, because it's it's about shining your light, you know. And that's what's yeah, so yeah. fun about these conversations that we get, yeah, yeah. get get to have, because, you know, whether it's we're, we're sh- passionate about our mutual admiration for, you know, live performances or, or just how excited we are to talk about Dream Theater, like that's that energy that, you know helps mm-hmm. people helps everyone kind of get through the day you know i, know, I, I, know I can tell me. you the other thing that's helped me get through this aside from writing music and all that and then knowing that you know dream theater we're going to get back together and start writing again but uh is uh on father's day i got a beautiful traeger smoker and really smoking meat i don't know if really a good thing, guys tell them about it justin well it's funny <laughs> tell them about so the smoking meat, meat. Like when I walk through a room, it's filled with smoke. Put it that way. You'll have you know? to you'll have to ask Chance to show you my Instagram because I oh, yeah. I'm always smoking meat. It's my it's my way of life. Um, I got a I got a smoker uh, like two years ago. It changed my life. And um, Daryl's like, oh, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I've been smoking a california chuck for eight hours you know or whatever you know and i'm like held hostage at my house i can't leave i've got you know 14 pounds of beef on the smoker the other day my neighbors james i'm not even kidding i I fired up the smoker i was i was doing some fillets and next thing i know i hear like voices coming from the side i'm like the fuck is this my doorbell goes off my neighbors are like Hey, are you guys okay? We saw the smoke. We thought your house was on fire, and I was like, oh, "No way!" It's like, bro, it's just. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, it's just humid, yeah. and just, and I'm yeah, I'm yeah. smoking a steak, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah. What do you like? What do you like to smoke? Well, I've done that. I've done I've done the brisket. And I do the uh, the chicken thighs, like you know the chili lime chicken thighs, mm-hmm. and the whole chickens and beer chickens. Yep. Through it, uh, I do, uh, roasts. I've uh, been doing. Uh, I actually did, uh, uh, oh, what was it? The, um, uh, um, cabbage, cabbage rolls. I did cabbage rolls on there. What's that? And, uh, and then I did, uh, a whole vegetable tray all smoked and, uh, wow. Brussels sprouts and all this stuff. And, uh, have you done a pork so shoulder I, yet? I just like just meat. I, I also have like a combination of vegetables that are going around it. And, uh, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I have the Traeger app. So actually, with with my smoker, Justin Daryl, I, I, so uh, I'll be out on my boat. <laughs> you fired up? I'm not kidding you guys. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm out on my boat, and I can check the temperature of my smoker, and then I can I can set it. Well, if it's at the right at the right temperature, anything above 225, you can't super smoke. Right. Okay. It's technically right. it's technically not smoking if you're you're above. Right. Yeah. Right. So if there's like a, a it's no longer barbecue. Needs searing at the end, but it, but it's crazy. Like I'll have like a six hour smoke going on. <laughs> I'm all bloody, and I can see the amount of pellets that I still have in my 
the, the box. That's awesome. Wow. And, and then I can see if everything, everything's okay. So it's at the right temperature. If the temperature gets too high, I reset it. But, it, but it's usually just stays. So it's like, it's the normal you, brain. Can you see it internally with that too? Can you, yeah. you can see it internally? Oh, no, 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 no. Just, just the, uh, they, I can't see it visually. So okay. pit boss. all like that. Okay. So it just shows me my temperature. I can go super smoke. I can uh, turn it down, turn it up. It okay. tells me how much time is back on my smoke. And then, yeah. It's like that. but it, That's it's, cool. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how how it immediately ruins like it like ruins other people's barbecue for you or like like you go to somebody's house and they're grilling I and you're have like a barbecue. you're I like have a barbecue I keep looking over and, and the barbecue's like yeah man what about me yep not anymore <laughs> you gonna do it it just sat there for like two months and did nothing well you know what you got to get if you if you don't have one already is get get yourself a yeah. cast iron skillet like a flat okay. skillet and Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I use that. I'll put that on the smoker. I'll turn it up to like 400 degrees. I'll, I'll leave it go yeah. for like 25 minutes. And then you can sear steaks on it, sear chicken. I'll do shrimp, wings, whatever. And so then you're nice. getting the smoke and you're getting the sear. And it's like, oh, nice. yeah, this nice. I'm making this super okay. complicated. But, you know. I'm going to do that. It's good shit. It. It's yeah. good shit. Yeah. Yeah, pork shoulder, the whole bit. I, I love oh, it, yeah. man. I'm gonna, you know what I'm actually going to do tomorrow? Pumpkin seeds. Oh yeah, hey. Pumpkin yeah. seeds. Because you right. ba- normally you bake yeah. them. You oh, know, you so put many recipes. Oh, dude, for. you can you can smoke yeah. literally yeah. anything. People right, do yeah. cheese its potato chips, carrots. You lamb yet? Yeah, I lamb. love lamb. I do lamb burgers. I'm a big lamb guy. It's one of my favorite uh, favorite mammals. Lamb Yeah. But I, I'm I'm thinking of do, throwing on there a leg of lamb. Oh yeah. Big time. And checking that out. Yeah. It's making me hungry as shit right now. We get the wicked winter, so uh I might put it away. Yeah, when's your winter start? Like next week? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no, it's like no. You know what? Our winters aren't what they used to be. Just like everywhere else on this yeah. freaking planet. But uh, we still get we still get a lot of snow. You know. But uh, it probably really kicks in. Usually November we get a couple storms, and then it goes away. And then beginning of January, that's when it really starts to kick in and stay. Yeah, see, I, I'm running that smoker year round. I'm a lunatic. I'm out there in a two feet of snow and a jacket and fired up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've got a. I've got like a. I think I'll make friends with my barbecue again. Yeah. In the winter. You should. Right? You should. You should. You know, there's this one company that has like a. It's got a pellet smoker, a propane grill, a vertical smoker, and then like, like a little electric griddle. All in one. It's like eight feet long. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like a whole wow. outdoor kitchen. I think it's. So you don't even use your kitchen anymore, right? Oh, you, just, no. <laughs> you just cook outside. Throw the stove out. Get rid of it. I'd much rather grill and smoke than uh, cook in a oh, kitchen. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not into. It. I've even yeah, done. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love it, man. I love it. So, yeah. brings me brings me to uh, you know my next little topic here. Um, you know, lately no, I've I'm not a chef. <laughs> well, you well between you and Petrucci. <laughs> You guys are, uh, you know, he he loves smoking too. Yeah. He's, you guys are just a couple of smoke, smoking maniacs. Um, I want to talk about Fallset. So, um, you know, Chance and Zach from Fallset, you know, we're just on, and I'll tell you, I think maybe another 10 years, people are going to start referring to you as a father of Chance Labrie. Um, you know, he's, he's Mm -hmm. got a great 
band, great album just yeah. came out, and yeah. uh, we had an awesome time talking to them. And I was curious, kind of, what that's been like for you to kind of see your son, you know, pursuing that, but also really taking it by the horns and going after it. Like, how is that for you? Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, I, I, it, it's funny because uh, Chance started showing, uh, you know, a real affinity for, for music at, at such a young age. And um, it's because I, I originally went up to him and I said, hey, you know what, you, you want to sing with Dad today? You know, let's do some singing. And he, he would, but he didn't really, he didn't like singing. Uh, you know what, Dad? drums i want a drum and i was like wow you know go for it right and um so i got him a drum set and and i could see that he was serious about it he started he picked up real fast on it and uh and then you know like anything else he started to get together with a couple guys they started jamming it sounded like shit because they were really (laughs) right and i'm like oh my god okay stay down in the basement you know but whatever uh you know Anyway, so so it was about, I'd say about three years ago, and I just started to see this transformation, you know, and they really began to transcend who and what they were as amateurs. And I, I started hearing the songs, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. I said, Chance, that's a great freaking tune, man. And then, like, they, obviously, if you interviewed them, that you know that they had two singers before Zach started singing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I would, I would hear Zach and he would do the demos and he'd be singing on the demos. And like, he's talking to me, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm just like experimenting with the voice. And I'm going, well, you know what I'm hearing? Like, buddy, you, you can sing, you know, like you should start singing around the house all the time. Keep working on it. Keep working on, you know, all the subtleties that go into to singing really find your sound, define yourself. I said, don't try and sound like anyone else. It's the biggest mistake anyone can do. Just try and find yourself. And he did, he started doing it. And then I'd, he- I'd hear him over here like rehearsing and, and stuff like that. And then he'd talk to me about it and we, we kept going on. But but the songs kept developing to the point where, where you guys are hearing now with, with their, their latest album, We Lead or We Follow. And I was, I was blown away because Chance would keep playing me stuff that they recorded. Hey, Dad, you know, check it out. You know, let's go for a spin. You know, so we, it's always best, right, guys, when you're out in the yeah, field. absolutely. Listening to music, <laughs> yeah. right? And you freaking crank it up. You're freaking grooving down the road. Right? Yeah. And, and that's the way, actually, that's the way a lot of things come to me, like melodies and yeah. riffs, stuff like that. I'm, like, I'm driving, so I'm like, I'm always like you know like just yeah. singing in the mic, you know into the phone and, and yeah. stuff like that right but it, it was great so he'd, be, he'd keep playing me these songs that these guys worked on and i'm like oh my god you guys are amazing so they finally released it and then i i i got in touch with a couple people in, in the industry and i just said hey you know can you guys get in touch with these guys and then maybe start helping them develop this and get it out there so that the masses can hear it and all of a sudden you know like they're being played on octane and 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 stuff like that so i think that they really have a shot because i think their songs are great yeah, i really yeah. do i can i can honestly say that i'm not biased I, I can i can honestly say that when i'm listening to those songs if i heard a, one of those songs come on the radio i go wow you know this is actually pretty cool right yeah and um yeah. and and they're already working on new stuff and, and, the, and the stuff they're working on now, I'm like, Oh my God, 
keep it going, guys. I think they have a future. I really do. I, agree. I think that yeah. if they, if they, you know, keep their heads above them and and uh, like being in a band, it's very difficult because you have however many people you have in the band. That's so many different personalities you have. Right. And you got to find that common ground where you respect one another and you you see that you know it's we're all after the same goal here. Mm-hmm. We all want to make it work. Oh yeah. And uh, I, I really think they have a bright future. I really think that they could they're they're going to do something. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I'm not just saying that cause you're sitting here, or, you know, cause I like chance. But, um, when I, when he sent me the record ahead of the podcast, I was listening to mm-hmm. it and I was like, wow, I really like this. Like I knew, like I, I knew it would be, thinking, oh man, how am I going to get around this one? <laughs> oh, no, no. I knew, I, I knew it would be good. <laughs> never, never. No, no. I, I, I knew, I knew it would be quality. You know, I didn't know if it would be my cup of tea, you know, because you know, I just, my taste changes over time and you know, right, but, right, but when right. I listened to it, I was just like, not to say like I had low expectations. I was just shocked at how mature the songwriting was and how developed yeah. it was and like exactly. well thought like, out. It was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah. So then when I, I was listening to it for like a week and then I, you know, I, my, my fiance would hear it and she's like, Oh, who's that? I was like, Oh, it's false at chances band. She's like, really? That's it. So now she's listening to it. And I, but all my friends are like, I just send the link on the Spotify link. I'm like, Oh, what do you think of this? And the, yeah. they're like, Whoa, I really, this is sick. Like this, I like this, you know? And, yeah. and I'm like, Oh yeah. It's, you know, the son, they're like, really? Like, and it's like the, it's, it's kind of why, like when we, when I had chance on here and, and Zach, like, I, I didn't want that to be the focus of it because it's like, yeah, obviously. And, and I, you know, my father is a professional musician and I, I benefited greatly from having someone who had been through it, you know, and could give me a heads up. And I developed early because yeah. of that. It's not an easy industry. No, not it's not. All. And like, yeah, no, obviously no. he's, no. he's going to benefit from having that, that knowledge and that insight, but like right. he's still, it still stands for itself. And, and that's why I wanted to kind of, let it yeah. let it be its own thing, well, you know. Not, I, I appreciate oh, yeah. what, what you and Daryl have done, and that you guys, you know, you're, you know, you've supported them, and but I mean, you you're doing it because you sincerely like it. Oh yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. Um, we wouldn't we Zach wouldn't can otherwise. Sing yeah. his ass right. off. Yeah, I that's the it. thing. Oh, that can fucking right. sing. Bro. I couldn't oh, believe like, it. He can sing. Oh man, he's awesome. <laughs> I could, it, it, he's it, awesome. Yeah. It's like you didn't realize you were the singer, dude. Like, are you serious? Like, you 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 can wail. And then you know, it's 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 uh yeah. I'm really I'm really excited for them. Of, it was kind of weird because like I would, and this isn't taking anything from the previous singer because I thought he had a cool voice, but maybe for something else. Yeah. And and but I'd always like I'd hear what Zach was doing on the demos, and I go up the chance and I go, why isn't Zach singing for you guys? <laughs> Come on, man. and he's like, "Well, he's not sure yet. He, he doesn't. He, you know, because it's that whole thing, right? He's like, well, right. you know, guitar player, and I'm writing the songs, and I'm, you know, doing the solos, and that's really not something for me, or at least I don't think I can do it." And I said, "No, you got to, you got to start getting him to believe in himself, you know." And I think that's what started happening. And then he come over and he started asking me, and I go, "Dude, look, look at, I'm not what I do, man. You got a great voice. Freaking use it." You know, yeah. you know, you know, the one thing that I've always said to people is like, they go, well, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to be a singer. Well, the thing is, is that, like when you open your mouth, you, you automatically know whether your voice sounds great or not. You don't need anybody else to tell you that. I don't give a shit <laughs> what anybody yeah. says out there. Unless you're toned out. Yeah. If you say, well, you know, I wasn't quite sure. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, were. you know. You were. Okay. Because 
you either have it or you don't. I mean, you can work on it and develop it right. and create your own thing. But first and foremost, when you open your mouth, you know, you kind of go, wait a minute. Hey, that, is, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to work on that. And I think that it stands for anything. I, I don't care if you can sing in the stratosphere or if you got a low bass voice. If it sounds beautiful, you know, I don't care if you're Lou Rawl or if you're freaking Steve Perry. Both those guys have beautiful voice. Yeah. King Cole. Yeah. Beautiful voice. Like it, it, it doesn't matter. You have baritone, bass, tenor, whatever. That's, you know, as soon as you open your mouth, you're a singer. That's it. Period. Yeah. Yep. Then you get those uh, freaks of nature like Devin Townsend who can just uh, do <laughs> it all. What's your take? What's your take on Devin Townsend? Never met him. You guys have met him. I, I've met him as like in passing as a fan, and he was incredibly gracious. He's like one of my dream guests to to have on the show here. Oh, you got to get him on. I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Um, what? He's uh, yeah. I just I got to get a hold of the man. But uh, he's elusive. He is he's very elusive. elusive. <laughs> he's elusive. But he is in my. And, uh, you know, and then this is no, I mean, you would probably say the same oh, thing. You're not like, using the word, I know where you're going to go with this. I know where you're going to go. I just, go, go say it. I can't, you can say it. I can't think of anyone presently <laughs> that can do all of those things that he does at that level while playing guitar and oh, no. be this creative mastermind. Like, he's yeah. a true artist, like, transcendent you know, creative visionary. Like, I really think that's what he is. It's like, it's like selling him short to say he's a singer or he's a, you know, he's just a, he's just a guitar player or whatever. But what's your, what's your take on Dev? Well, I thought you were going to say he's a genius. Well, he's definitely a genius. I mean, that's, I, I, listen, I met, first time I met him, we were doing a, uh, a festival. We were headlining a festival over in Europe and our trailer where we were at this festival so I'm in there and I'm warming up <laughs> freaking knock on the door and I open the door and I'm thinking, who the fuck's knocking on <laughs> Right? So I, I open it and it's Devin. Hey man, Phil, get up, Craig. And he just starts talking to me. I'm like, holy shit, Devin, how you doing, man? And they were right next door. So I came over and they're all sitting there, you know, and so Devin goes, sits down. And he's, he's the funniest guy in the world. He's got an incredible sense of humor. It's it's unreal. Like and he's just you know he's thinking on another level and he's he's just brilliant. He's a brilliant man. And and I, and then and then I watched them because you know they were on uh, whatever like sometime in the afternoon. So I went. I stood on the side stage. And I'm like, he is a freak of nature. He is. Like I don't know. I don't know how he does it. You know. And it's just like everything just seems so natural and just. I mean, like anyone will tell you when you're out there and you're touring long enough, I think uh, it gets to a point where it becomes autopilot. Like, and that's not to take away from, you know, oh, so you're just out there like you're like a fucking robot. No, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it gets to the point that you're you're not even really thinking about it so that you can be more engaged into it, right? Absolutely. I, I know right. that's not right. like that's no, a contradiction. It's a contradiction, but but that's really the way it goes. You're I not spending all start, of your all of your focus on on executing. You're right. ju- you're, you're doing yeah. it out when of. You start doing that. That's right. when you screw up. Right. And we talk about that in the band. Yeah. You start thinking about the parts that are coming up, and, and the guys will say the same thing. You know, start thinking about. I'm like, holy shit, what am I doing? Like you screw yourself up. But just watching Devin, he, he's just an incredible talent. He, he uh, you know, he, 
there's very few like him. I, you know, um, but yeah, I it just he's he's a uh, innately gifted. Like you know, you don't you can't learn that what he's doing and what he's been. And, and he puts I so much music the out. First time when he was over Steve Vai. Yeah, I remember 1994. We were over in Europe touring on the Awake album, and uh, we went. We uh, they were playing some club. We were in Germany at the time. And I see this guy get up on stage and he's just all over the place and singing and freaking, he's like freaking Tarzan on stage. And I'm like, what is going on here, man? I can't, <laughs> I can't fathom what the hell's going on with this guy. And and then I start reading about him and then he's like playing guitar. I see him in videos playing guitar. I'm like, what? Yep. Oh my God. He's just incredibly talented. All the way around, you know, yeah. Similarly to how I found Dream Theater, and then he went on to be one but of my. But you have to get him on the show. Oh, I have to. Because you you heard it here. You guys, you guys will both walk away. I guarantee you, you'll have you'll have a workout. Your abdominal muscles will be done in. I, I yeah. <laughs> it's, well, you put it out there in the universe. It's <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, that's but. Right, huh? I remember doing push-ups. <laughs> I went from a keg to a six-pack. What's going on? One, in one conversation. Call <laughs> me tomorrow, man. I got to work out again. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was going to see Between the Barry to Me, and it was when Devin Townsend Project first, he first started that, and I had no idea what it was, and, and that first album came out, and yep. I'm, I see this like tall, du- like oddly shaped dude come out wearing this like cheap-ass suit, setting up all his own stuff and then he blew our fucking minds and i was like hooked from then on hooked we referred to him as his holiness you know like because we just revere him so much and it's like he's another guy i've seen so many times but um never ceases to amaze me but his he just put out a a new live album and it's like yeah it's 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 borderline um but but really the reason i kind of start talking about devin townsend was i remember him saying that every time he goes on tour it affects kind of like his vocal range a certain amount you know and he loses a little bit of you know mustard so to speak every time he tours and i'm wondering like do you think that maybe this extended period where you're not performing do you think Mm -hmm. it might help like help you will it benefit you will it be detrimental to you as a performer as a vocalist like what have you thought about that at all yeah. it's not gonna be detrimental because i've been i've been singing stuff and i've been recording stuff um but that like is he saying like, i'm just trying to understand you here is he saying that after each world tour that he's lost a bit more of his range that's what he said in an interview back, yeah that, it never comes back yeah no the only no i've never been, never never I still have the same range that I had uh, back in frickin' uh, scenes, scenes from a memory. See, that might be, uh, maybe okay. he was saying that because of, like, he does all the guttural screaming, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and probably, that's, that's probably what he was freaking, talking about. You know what, I've always said, I've always said that that's going to rip your freaking cords up. It just rips them to shreds, like anybody. Okay, so, like, Phil and Salmo. We were doing a show with Pantera, and he came up and he goes, "James, how you doing? Love you, man, freaking." Um, and and he was talking because I don't know if you remember, but Pantera when they first started out were like more like a Judas Pantera. Yeah. Yep. And and Phil could sing like yeah. He's like up there just freaking going crazy. Well, there's a couple little bits of that still in the '90s Pantera. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And he's like, James, I'm like, I said, no. I said, listen to what you listen to what the hell you do, man. And he goes, Yeah, I know, man. He says, I'll never be able to sing again. 
because this is what I decided to do. But he's still an amazing freaking performer, and he can still go out there and what they are and who they were at the time. I mean, he could nail it. He could nail it. But he was just, you know, like if you do that, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna. It's definitely takes its toll, and it is detrimental after a while. Um, but I've never like the only thing that really screwed me up is when in uh, 1994 in December right. went to Cuba. I had food poisoning, and then I ripped my my vocal cords and I ruptured them. So I lost a bit of my range there. And, but with that little bit of range gone, then I was able to maintain everything, but I've never, if anything, what happens to me when I'm on tour for a long time, if I get sick, yeah, then I'm, I'm compromised. But after every tour and like, you know, like, like I'm doing uh, like the the cameo thing. And I saw that. That's really cool. Yeah. And like the other day I was singing, uh, you sound you know, great. <laughs> and, and, and I'm of just like singing up, singing up in the freaking stratosphere. So it's, it's, it's kind of like it hasn't affected me like that. I, I'm not coming off to her going, oh, my God, guys, okay, now we're going to have to tune down a whole stack. Yeah. You know, we're not going to have to do that. Now, the only time that I, I was saying come down like a half step was when we did Images and Words. Because I was like, look, at guys, I'm not, I'm not going to be singing that shit <laughs> like I was back in 93. There's no flipping way. So I said, you know, and they were like, no, no, we get it. We get it. You know, and I said, so bring it down a bit. And then I can do like one of my favorite singers in the world. I always did like Freddie Mercury, where he would take the melodies and change them a little bit, but still make them interesting. And that, and that wasn't lessening the man. The man is still a phenomenal freaking singer. Absolutely. You know, actually, the last couple of albums they did, I, I, I couldn't be like the show must go on. Oh, my God. What a freaking vocal performance. What a tour de force that is. It just blows my mind when I listen to that song. But uh, so so I've gone all the way around the globe. So, no, I don't lose my range after after tours. And and I'm always singing, and I do this thing, Jamie Vendera. I studied with Jamie Vendera over the last couple of years, and I met him years ago, and he got me onto this thing called the Doc Box. Hang on a second, guys. I'll just show you. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's with the Doc Box. Comes out with a flamethrower. True ninja smoke bomb. Oh, here's my flamethrower. There it is. <laughs> but anyways, so Jamie turned me on to this. Whoa. And basically, you fill the water up, and you vibrate the water. You blow through this, so you're going to. But but when you're doing and doing all that stuff, this this thing bubbles, and what it does is it massages and and heals and actually strengthens your cords. Oh wow! The vibrations. I, scientifically proven wow and what's that called doc Doc vox doc vox go to jamievendera.com and you'll see them and you can buy them but i think i might need one of those because honestly sometimes after we podcast i'm feeling a little i feel a little uh i'm not even kidding okay let me let me let me tell you I'll, i'll give you a quick story so we were down in santiago on this last tour in december i was freaking sick okay after we did Buenos Aires so we'd already done all Brazil and then we did Buenos Aires and everything was going great and then we took a flight from Buenos Aires to Santiago and on the flight I'm like holy shit I'm getting fucking sick oh my god well I'd already had this thing out with me and I use it every day when I'm on on tour even on my days off I'll do a half an hour with this thing wow doing scales and stuff like that 
because it just keeps your voice. So I woke up the morning of the Santiago show, and I'm not kidding you guys. I called my tour manager and said, I don't know if I can do tonight. And we'd already sold it out, 10,000 people at an arena. It was already sold out. I don't know if I can do So what do you need? I said, oh, nothing. I'm just drinking tons of water. I'm uh, orange juice, freaking bananas and oranges and freaking, I'm just blah, 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 just trying to get something good of me. So I started humming on this thing about two o'clock in the afternoon. We weren't on till nine and I just kept walking around the venue doing, doing scales and all this stuff. I went on stage and I was able to get through that show. And for the most part, People were like, oh, you sounded great, man. Well, no, you, you, you were hitting it. And I knew that there were some parts where I was like, no, no. But I woke up with no voice that morning. Oh, wow. wow. By the time I was able to go out and do a three-hour show and basically do it because of this thing, I swear to God it was this thing. It brought everything back online. I was able to go out and sing high, high notes all night, everything here and there. It was kind of weird. I was able to sing all these really high notes, Whoa. And then the middle of my voice was still like, fuck off and leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then like the lower stuff was okay too. But it was just that, that whole mid thing, that the whole breaking point, like where you go from your, you know, your chest into your head and all that stuff. And, and, uh, but anyways, this thing, because I, I, honest to God, like we were on our way to, to the venue and the guys were like, you're going to be all right. I'm like, I don't know, guys. I, fucking oh, wow. I was like that. And by the time I'm like, yeah, and I, I walked on stage doing that. Whoa. I'm not kidding you. It was insane. Doc Vox. I'm going to put the link cool. to that in the show notes. And I only gotta, go up to that. And only go up to, I only use, go up to like, there's all numbers on the side here, but I go up to like four and a half. Yeah. And that's where I can fill it up to four and a half, five. You do all these things. If you go on Jamie Bandera's site, he shows you how to use it. It's, you know. I'm sold. I'm sold. You guys, it, it, it is a, every vocalist in the world should have this thing, especially when you're doing big tours. Any live performance, you should be walking around with this thing that, that day. It'd be your best friend. Sweetness. For sure. You sold me on it, James. That's for sure. Yep. Absolutely. You know, got to keep these velvety tones. Velvety. You know, and velvety. don't do this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing, right? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have anything to do with drinks when I'm on. Oh, you can't. No, you can't. Yeah, absolutely it's not. business no time. whatsoever. No. Nope. Yep. Yep. I only do LSD. <laughs> yeah, just keep it light. <laughs> Mushrooms, <Okay>. peyote, <laughs> a and, uh, ayahuasca. I do a little <laughs> bit of that. I do a spiritual <laughs> yeah. cleanse. Oh, oh man, that's great. Well, James, this has been this has been an excellent, uh, totally awesome conversation. Great podcast. I, I wanted to kind of wind it down on this one last note here. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I was I mentioned it earlier. I've been listening to Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence lately, mm-hmm. and but specifically the first disc. And um, you know, because I've always I think the second disc gets all the attention, but there's some of my favorite in hindsight now. Some of my favorite Dream Theater songs, just like mm-hmm. songwriting lyrical songs are mm-hmm. on that first disc. And right. one right. of them specifically um, is Blind Faith. And and I know you oh, wrote wow. the lyrics for that. And right. again, not just saying this because you're here and you're a friend, but um, there's some some lyrics in there that when I was listening to this, a couple, my fiance and I went up to this, we had this awesome cabin in the middle of nowhere up in the mountains of Pennsylvania. It was just us, nobody around, you know, and I'm cooking salmon on the grill and I'm blaring Blind Faith and I'm drinking my wow. White Claws. It was great. And, 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 and there's just a certain line that really hit me in the face and it's sick of all this 
the suffering and we just carry on? Isn't it time we care and lose the hate and understand our fears? And I couldn't, I couldn't think, and I know what the song is about, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when you look at it in the context of kind of the world that we all find ourselves in right now, right. Um, right. it really just spoke to me. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's, it, it, it says something there, you know, isn't it time we care and lose the hate? And, and whether that's in a religious context or a community context or political context, um, I can't think of anything more, you know, on point mm-hmm. well, than that right now. I mean, I think, you know, uh, a lot of uh, where I base my lyrics on is it's observation. Sure, you know, I read a lot of books and stuff like that, and, and I love that as well. But I, I think that if we just look around and you see all these quarrels that we have and this uh, division that we have, like, and, and we still consider ourselves this intelligent species, it just blows my mind that there's so much division, that there's so much ignorance, there's so much misunderstanding. And I, and I think that's basically what I was saying is like, you know, at the end of the day, is it's so hard for us to just be kind to one another, mm. care for one another. And, and to see that we're all the same. We are, you know, we're all the same. We're all in here. We all have our fears. We all have our uh, faults, our idiosyncrasies, our, uh, you know, I don't even, I, I don't believe in, in sins. I believe that, that we, we just, if you learn from a mistake and if you've wronged somebody and you never do that again, that's what it's about. It, it's becoming a better person. And basically that's, that's, I was, that whole lyric though is based on, to be quite honest with you, is that religion has really divided us all. And religion has created this supremacy that if you're this, then you're right. And if you're not, then you're wrong. And it, it's, it's so far from the truth. But that's basically that, that one line is that like, like just take a look around Right. You know, it's so hard for us to care for one another, yeah. be kind to one another. And trust me, I was an asshole when I was young. Uh, to, to, no, I, I had my moments, you know. I'd rather get in a scrap with someone instead of talking something out, you know. And it, it was just ridiculous. When I look back at that, and I remember even saying to Chance in that at times, growing up, I go, don't, don't fucking go that route because it's just wrong. Yeah. from the beginning and you know when we're young you know we're like we're just like filled with testosterone and we think we you know we're the one yeah. that's right and that asshole because he said that to me is wrong and i'm gonna punch your face in, yep. you know? but yeah it's just i think that you know the, the whole thing like when i'm writing lyrics and you and you'll see these lyrics on this last solo album that i just did here um it's it's also, you know, one of the one of the songs I wrote a lyric about is uh, it's called "Sunset Ruin," and it's about my brother. I lost my brother in 2016, uh, and uh, he. Uh, but basically, I just want to, you know, I uh, yeah, it still gets me. Holy shit! Anyways, it, it's all about just coming uh, to terms with what really matters. In life, you know, like he died from pancreatic cancer, mm-hmm. my brother, and um, and I've met many people since then because when they found out that, oh yeah, my father did, or yeah, my, you know, it's it's usually men too, guys. I don't, yeah, know if you know that, but you know, and um, 
but I think when I'm when I'm ever approaching a lyric, if I want to write about fun things, you know, I, I definitely do because that is a big part of me. I like to be a funny guy and I like to keep things light. But there's also a part of me that I'm I'm very very serious about what I see going on around me, and it does affect me. And I'm sure each of you guys, you walk through life, you see things, and you're like, wow, yeah. that is so twisted, man. Yeah. Why is that shit even going on? You know why? Yeah. Anyways, but that's cool. I'm I'm glad you uh, you you picked up on on stuff like that. You know, and lyrics and, and music, eh? You know, it just kind of puts us in another realm. It really does. Yep. Yeah. And and you know, yep. in, in doing my research, kind of brush up on some of my memory here um you know sacrifice sons while we're on the topic of uh you know songs that are my favorite you know that's another one that's like that you wrote that has such a again being at at radio being at radio city that night when you guys did that you know um and and again i was there right i flew in the night before right you know what that's based on right of course that's yeah that's why yeah yeah, Yeah. 9-11 and uh and I, I flew in September 10th that night, and I was supposed to start singing Six Degrees the next day, the album. Wow. And I woke up to that, you know? And uh, so, once again, those whole lyrics are about, what, what the hell are we doing, people? Right. <laughs> what, what are we doing to one another? What the fuck is wrong with us? You know? Yep. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah not, to, not to bring it down, but uh, yeah, man, that's... Uh... It's powerful stuff, and <laughs> no, and I think and I think the cool thing about it, I think. Okay, uh, you, you brought me down. There. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, man. But I think the cool thing about it, and the re- the reason it's so kind of you know poignant to me, is is like you, you, Dream Theater. You the lyrics may get lost in the mix sometimes, and I know you don't like oh, yeah. to hear that as the vocalist, but um, right. sometimes you're just so enamored and in, in awe of the virtuoso display going on before you that you 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 miss that and you know it's only because i've listened to these songs so much and i guess i was just in that mindset and it caught me a certain way but um Mm -hmm. you know it's it's great to see that uh one you know it's i can't wait to hear a record that that you and chance do together the love that's going to be on that is going to be special um and 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 i've had the opportunity to play you know and and my father is a huge dream theater fan he loves you um he loves the band and uh he's watching this he'll be watching this when this is out so um but i've gotten the opportunity to play music with my dad since a very early age since i was five years old i've been playing music with my dad and and and, and there's something special it's special and and it's a it's a bond that you'll never forget and uh you know i i so no. f- from from someone who's gotten to experience that from that end, I, I, it makes me happy to see that for you guys. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, right you know, right James, thank yeah. you so much for joining us on the Everyman Jeez. Podcast. This has been excellent. Well, you guys are awesome, man. I love you guys, and, and I thank you for inviting me. And, and we'll do it again. We'll do it uh, – We'll do it once you've heard the next uh, my solo. That's right, right. Oh, yeah. It'll be perfect. Right. So we can talk about that, and then we can talk about that band. Fuck, I can't remember the name. Yeah, what was that band called it again? A, it starts with a D. Uh, night, nighttime, nighttime cinema. That's the one I think it's called. <laughs> <Nighttime> cinema. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>